Writing is for so many people a form of self-care. But what happens when it becomes work? When that fine line between work and self-care becomes grey? Welcome to A Savored Life, a podcast that inspires you to live a more fulfilled life with mindful writing and creative inspiration. I'm Sumaya Osmani, your host, and I'm here to help you on that path to a slower, more savored life. Each episode is filled with ways in which we can free our preconceived ideas that hold us back from fulfilling our true potential. And that begins by allowing ourselves to trust our instincts to achieve creative fulfillment. Now, in today's podcast, I want to talk a little bit about the craft of writing and as how wonderful it may be as an escape and clarity, it can soon lead to burnout and to anxiety when it becomes your means of livelihood, as it is for me. Now, I'm really going to be focusing on this topic today because here right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. But by the time you hear this podcast, it this week would have passed. But that doesn't make mental health any less important for the rest of the year. And so I felt like this is a really important topic topic to speak about, and especially for me, and I'll explain why a little bit later. It's important to take notice, to listen, and to take action regarding writing being a part of your livelihood and how you do need to step away and take care of yourself as a writer. Now, our mental health around work is a really important and vast topic, and though I can't cover all of it in this podcast, I want to touch upon a couple of ways where you can start to bring in the concept of self-care as a writer. Now, everyone has unique challenges and everyone suffers in different ways with coping with mental health clarity, with, with maybe having certain problems with mental health. That's absolutely, you know, I totally accept that. And I think that everyone's, you know, concept of how to deal with your mental health when you do something that you love as a career is quite different. But here's my story. So recently, after years and decades of knowing that I always felt challenged by concentration, by focus, by, you know, anxiety and depression and and everything regarding my own, you know, pushing myself beyond my limits and still not being happy with where I am. And I know that I've been struggling for so many years and it wasn't until now in, you know, turning 50, I sort of felt I really need to get to the bottom of why I have so many challenges. And, and I always had an inkling that I was possibly ADHD, I had ADHD and I had my assessment done this year and, you know, and in the interest of being completely transparent and honest, I, you know, I was positive for that in, in assessment and it has really, you know, put a lot of things into perspective. It's also really explained of the reasons that I am the way I am and I think, now more than before, I have really put my mental health before everything else. And, you know, this brings me to the topic, which is, you know, how does one sort of bring this concept of self-care into the practice of writing? Now, we all know that writing requires discipline, constant practice, showing up all the time. But the problem is that because it becomes your work, you fall into this uh, 
sort of mindset of productivity. And you become really caught up in thinking that the harder you work, the more successful you get will get as a writer. And if you don't write, and if you're not pitching to all the magazines and the books and, and articles, you will not be able to become the writer that you are meant to be. Now, this is something that I go through personally as well. And it is all about this sort of capitalistic culture of productivity. And, and for me, it's really, it's really difficult. Like I cannot write because I literally burn out and it has such a negative impact on both my mental and my physical health. I get more exhausted. I get more anxious. And, you know, I even have difficulty concentrating and making decisions, which anyway with my ADHD is heightened, but it only becomes worse because I put so much pressure on that productivity. Now, we always think that as a writer, we have to write every single day. And though for some people that is important and that they do need to do it for work, but if you are able to take a step away from working every single day, that in itself can be so helpful. And it all comes from the concept of creating a really sort of wonderful routine that works for you. It encourages to push yourself uh, you know, to a point where you can push yourself and then walking away because you know that you have got your routine and you're only meant to write, say, two hours a day and you walk away from it without the guilt, without the fear, uh, without the sort of other stresses that we have regarding writing. So it's really important to prioritize that because self-care is not a prescriptive thing. It's very personal to who you are and how you are going to work through a routine. Now, my advice is always that if you're going to work to create a routine, see what works for you. What works for me might not work for you. What might work for another person might not work for you. So you need to look at your own emotional needs, your own sort of financial needs, your what you need to you know do for work. And, you know, it's not all about just eating well and making the routines. It's all about what works for you. So be creative with it. Be See what works the best for you. The other thing I would really recommend putting your self-care first is to listen to what you need. You know, even if it means that you need to journal your thoughts down and organize them, if it means, you know, you need to eat something wonderful or go for a walk or, or get away for the whole day or just spend the whole day watching Netflix, whatever it is, use those ways of release to, and, and you know, try to put the the idea of fear and and um, financial ruin and guilt on the side. It can sometimes also mean picking up something new that challenges your mind in a different way. Now, this is all about switching away from the writing itself, but walking away from it, but learning a different skill, maybe taking another creative hobby up, maybe just doing something else that your mind and body needs to get away from your writing. Because I think that what that can do is give you really fresh perspective on your writing and also bring you back with a lot more clarity and less um, sort of um, anxiousness. It's really important to be really honest with yourself. This is something that will work for you. So make it work for you. Now, in writing. And I think this is something that I have really started working on more since my diagnosis. And that is literally timing myself and 
being quite rigid about them. So I have this little timer, which is on just now for another 45 minutes while I record this podcast. Um, And it's this one of these little square timers, which has a red. So when I turn it around, it has like a dial and I turn it around, it has up to an hour. And when I turn it around to uh, whatever time I pick, it has this red color that comes up. And then as it starts to tick, it doesn't make any noise. It just sort of ticks away in in the background. And when it comes to zero, it rings this really satisfying bell, which tells me I can step away from the task that I'm doing right now and take a break. So taking that break is extremely important because I think, you know, a lot of people that I mentor say that I have to write, you know, four hours a day, how I have to do it. And I was like, well, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Write, you know, use the Pomodoro method, which is, you know, 45 minutes on, five minutes off, or 45 minutes on, 15 minutes off, whatever works for you. And what that does, it gives you 45 minutes of productive, uh, focused energy, you know, knowing that the alarm's going to go off in 45 minutes and you're going to have freedom. (laughs) And so that sort of despair about, you know, getting the work done, you know, because soon when you love something becomes work, it starts to become like that job that you left to become a writer. That's how I feel sometimes. And, and, you know, and that is not how you want it to feel. You never want it to feel, you never want to lose that creative spark. You never want to lose that excitement and that 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 passion. And so making those little small breaks and walking away for the 50 minutes, I normally go and I shake and I jump and I sing and I make a coffee, do something really insane. It's really lucky I'm alone at home <laughs> because I probably look like a crazy person. Uh, but it is really important to take your brain away from it. And you know, those little incubation process, those periods, um, they're so important because they're part of the creative process, because the rest that you offer yourself, that you invite yourself to take, is when your brain switches off from the work and actually thinks more creatively. So you're giving yourself the permission to walk away from writing and the permission to be you. And I think it's really important to come back with renewed energy to your work, having known that you've done your best in whatever time limit you set yourself. Now, the other thing that I feel is really important as a writer to to really indulge in self-care is to read other things. Now, I don't mean just books about, you know, if you like, if you write fiction, just read fiction. I don't mean that. I mean, pick up something completely different from the genre that you write about or watch a film. That is completely different, Uh, you know, maybe it's a foreign language film or something that gives you the intention of self-care and really is relaxing and fun. And I know this sounds really obvious to go and read, but when you lose yourself in a story, when you sometimes put yourself back and say, oh, I don't have time to read, but you forget how wonderful reading is, how wonderfully wonderful escapism it is. And in so many ways, for me, when I read, even when I read nonfiction, I just come back feeling reconnected to my work, thinking, wow, I'm so inspired. I can write something similar to this, but from my perspective. And I think that's what you want to come away with it. Always use the time that you read something about ways that you can enhance and make your work even more colorful. And I don't mean copying, I mean literally being inspired. And, you know, so many times when we're just going, going, doing, doing, especially as writers and creatives, we don't ever really spend time to enjoy 
other creatives work that may even be people that you admire or you're envious of you know it's it's a wonderful thing to open up your heart to work that sometimes you're afraid to look at because it might make you feel smaller but no it doesn't because it actually gives you a clearer view of what's out there and what the world is is so diverse and it gives you such energy and i think it's important to look at it as a part of self care because you know a lot of times like for myself what i've done is i block myself up from people who might be my competitors or people who do similar things to me and what's happened as a result is i have this hard feeling in my heart and that hard feeling in my heart of not being good enough or having someone else do something similar to me and you know i feel like competitive streak come out and that is a really destructive negative energy in the creative flow and the energy within you and in so many ways that has actually stopped me from growing so those sometimes i you know i am one of those people who puts blinkers on and just gets on with it but sometimes i indulge myself in seeing what other people are doing it makes me happy i look at it in a more positive way in a more creative enhancement way now something that i really took on and you know if you haven't read and I've spoken about this so many times on my podcast about Julia Cameron's book The Artist's Way and you know I spoke all about that a few podcasts before about how encouraging it is and how how nurturing it is as as a book and as a course that you do over the 12 weeks within the book and one of the things that she speaks about is the artist date um, that all creatives should in some way work into their their working life and it's to take every week um you know it's all about engaging in new experiences and allowing yourself to play and i think that that is something that i try to do every week whether it's a little drive down to a part of you know glasgow that i don't know or it's an unfamiliar place that you know i've been wanting to visit that i haven't been able to it's sometimes just you know even just looking on the internet on topics that i'm interested in and sometimes just literally just walking away going to the shops but just literally making that time about you seeking out a new experience this month i began something that i had been thinking about for decades and it was to learn how to do salsa and you know i probably don't listen to salsa music on a daily basis you know i listen to more relaxing classical music when i'm writing but i've always felt like a real passion and a real wonderful feeling when i hear salsa and when i see people doing salsa as a dance and i always felt that i couldn't do it and i probably don't know if i can yet because i've only had a couple of lessons but what i feel is i'm allowing myself to seek out that new experience and that in itself it's about fun it's about meeting new people it's about renewed excitement and adding playfulness into my life and that playfulness then works its way into your writing and it becomes less burdensome the other thing that i have found invigorating and it was after i won the scottish book trust award a few years ago i was put into this wonderful group of other winners of these awards and we went away for a retreat retreat up in the scottish highlands and of course i was meeting people i'd never met before we had one thing in common and that was well two things in common we were all writers and that we had won this particular award from the scottish book trust we didn't know anything about each other and we all wrote different genres the most incredible thing was that it was magical to be around these people who had similar struggles as writers and finding that support and that solidarity was an incredible thing because writers you know generally it's quite a quite a sort of lonely thing to do you're on your own with your 
you know, with your computer or with your writing book, you know, whatever you write on. And you're there, just you, your screen, your notebook and self-doubt and imposter syndrome and all these wonderful friends that accompany us in our writing process sitting there with you speaking to you and driving you crazy and <laughs> and also that hardship and that you know that need for productivity sitting there as well on our shoulder but when you're around other writers and finding the support from them having a group that can critique having a group that can you know be there's a camaraderie in it and the benefit I found from, you know, just general support, from being able to get feedback and, you know, resources that you might not have, connections that you can make, and sharing your insecurities and habits, it's it makes it all really normal. It normalizes the whole process of being a writer. And it also gives you the ability to take care of your mental health. You know, you have a sense of belonging. You have a sense of uh, you know, uh, something that you can really connect on. And that is worth its weight in gold. And now I just want to come down to the last thing that I think is really important about taking care of yourself as a writer, and that is self-compassion. Because I think that we spend so much time berating ourselves, telling ourselves that we're not good enough. And, uh, you know, we treat ourselves worse than we treat our loved ones. And and I don't see, and you know, this, this is something that's out there and people talk about it so much that, you know, you should treat yourself the way that you would treat people that you love. And you, not loving yourself is the hardest thing to put yourself on the page. When you write with your writer's voice, when you write with that voice that is so truly yours, if your voice is filled with hate for yourself, your writing's going to replicate that in some shape or form or it's going to stop you from or you're going to pretend to be someone you're not on the page and therefore not putting your true voice on the page so in so many ways you know what we feel about ourselves comes out in our writing in some shape or form whether we do it consciously or unconsciously and so I really believe that you know, working on that self-compassion, like something I've learned this, you know, last couple of months after my ADHD diagnosis is to really be kind to myself. Like if I can't do something because other people can, I do it my way and, you know, I own it. It's the way I do it. It's my way of doing it. And if it doesn't, you know, doesn't seem normal to other people, well, they can do it their way. I do it my way. And I am really trying to be more self-compassionate. And it's really not coming easy because I spent a whole life, you know, literally hiding behind who I was and constantly trying to, you know, make myself appear as if I was totally together. <laughs> I am so not together. Um, but, you know, what I did was in the process, I was really berating myself and telling myself I'm not good enough. So it's really important for mental health generally to be truly self-compassionate but definitely for writers because I really believe that it comes out in your words on the page and it's all about putting your true inner voice on a page whether you're writing through characters or you're writing uh, from the self. So the best way to really turn up in our writing is to give ourselves the ability to nurture ourselves. Now I really hope that these few tips about, you know, really taking care of yourself as a writer, as a creative, as anybody who does something that, you know, puts a little bit of their soul out there to the world. It's something, a part of their passion that you're putting out there and you're getting, a, making a livelihood from it. That is what I mean when I say a writer. This is so relevant to most creatives. 
Now, one thing that I've really spoken about today is the writer's voice and being able to put your writer's voice on a page from a place of you know, nurturing and, and, and nourishment and, and from a place where you've been kind to yourself. Now, something I'm working on at the moment is a email course called Wordsmith, which is 21 days to find help find your writer's voice. Now, there's no magical formula in finding a writer's voice. And even though it's such a coveted uh, thing for writers to find this very unique voice of your own that, you know, that identifies you, this is not style. This is your voice we're talking about. Now, this 21-day called Wordsmith is actually going to be out and launched on the 21st of June, which is a summer solstice. And I really felt like 21st of June, 21 days to really commit to working on, you know, an everyday email that will give you a little bit of insight to set out a little bit of time for yourself and a little task for you to do, whether it's a writing task or it's a walking away and doing something else task. So they do say that it takes 21 days to create a habit. So that's why I thought 21 days kind of works. It's all about personal growth and I hope you'll join me. And if this is something that really interests you, the waitlist is in, in the end of this podcast and I'd love to see you there. Finally, it would be incredible if you could rate and review this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to it if you enjoyed it. This really helps me reach out more people that will benefit from my podcast. So until next time, thanks so much for listening to A Savored Life with me, Sumaya. Choose a slower life, choose a savored life. Mm-hmm.